Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, we're here again. How's it going? Not too shabby, not too shabby. Although I will say, uh, almost had a couple of broken controllers, almost, <laughs> you know, hurling some things into some walls, but I didn't. didn't. I didn't. Uh, we are playing Ori and the Blind Forest this week for you guys because uh, the Ori and the Will of the Wisps game actually comes out today, like right now. And uh, I'm super excited about it because Ori and the Blind Forest is just such a gorgeous game. And I had not really realized because when I played the first time, I didn't play it all the way through. I still haven't played it all the way through. I'm like most of the way through the second major zone now. Um, because I put it off too long and Ryan told me it was going to take six hours and then we'll get into why it's taking me way, 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 way longer than that <laughs> in a little bit. But um, basically, I just put it off way too long and then couldn't finish it before the show because I'm dumb. So I'm not quite <laughs> done yet, but we said we I would play played it. it. We, we, we did. Yeah. It. And and I so I played it on PC the first time I played it um, and I only made it like to the like water area like the first area i don't even remember like making it out of like the first swamp or like getting past my first ability tree like i really didn't make it very far um i just kind of made it far enough to go oh my god i love the story it's a really good looking game like very much like first impressions mm -hmm. so and then i just like i totally fell off of it and i i honestly don't know why because now that i've gotten further into the game like there have been some really frustrating points but i'm just blown away because the game is five years old now and it looks fantastic so i'm playing it on my tv now i've got xbox game pass that's how i ended up getting uh will of the wisps as well and so i was downloading will of the wisps and I was like ah you know what i'll just try blind forest up here too and you know like see what it's like since it's free on game pass so I downloaded it and, and installed it and it was playing upstairs on my Xbox on the TV. And I, oh my God, Ryan, I can't get over how good this game looks. It's oh. incredible. It's uh, it's beautiful. I remember when I picked it up at launch in 2015, or maybe shortly after I played it on PC on my old 1080p monitor and it looked great and it was a lot of fun. I really dug the Zelda explore the Zelda puzzles, but also the Metroid exploration power unlock stuff and in the story of course and the beautiful graphics but but then i i fell off i don't know why maybe something else came out and then we i saw wheel of the wisp was coming out and i'm like okay we have to play this again and we got to talk about it because it, i don't think we gave it a fair shake when it first came out um because we were doing the yeah, show five like years I say, ago. It, it wasn't necessarily like that i hated the game or you know like turned away from it by any sort of like choice it was just like i started playing it i didn't get very far into it and then i just didn't return to it which is so weird but they're like i own it on like every platform now i'm pretty sure that you can own it on like mm -hmm. every time i see like fan art or like screenshots and trailers like i i can't get over the aesthetic of the game because it's just so gorgeous I just, I don't know why it didn't grab me. But anyways, now that I've gotten a little further, I will say, so 
I guess I should talk about the reason why I haven't finished yet. Um, I'm really dumb sometimes in games, especially games that I have to play for gamers in because <laughs> I put myself on these like deadlines where I'm like, okay, we're going to be talking about it on X day, which means I need to start playing it on Y day. I need to get so many hours in every day to make sure that I get through this game. Like go, 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 go. So that has the unfortunate side effect of me not paying as close attention to like quest text or mm. like tutorial stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And then I promptly forget it because I'm trying to like not necessarily rush, but complete the game in an expedient fashion. So part of that in the first section of the game, before you get to like the, the big tree, like spoiler alert, you get to the tree and then the trees like sends you off into the different parts of the forest. Um, so like in the section that, I mean, could basically be called like your tutorial section, like the very first part of the game, there's these like things on the ground, these like flower pod looking things that you jump on and then they give you stuff. And one of the things that they give you is like the blue energy balls. Mm -hmm. And then when you collect a blue energy ball, a thing pops up and says, Hey, you can save now. And what I thought that meant was I could save at any of the little like um, flower pod things on the ground that gave me a blue energy ball. So I went through a section uh, further on in the game where I went through about like four or five like puzzle areas, I guess, like because it's not necessarily broken up into rooms, but you can kind of like feel when you've got like puzzle slash platforming area to solve and then like breathing space and then puzzle area breathing space. Mm -hmm. So I had about like five puzzle areas that I had gone through and I was like, oh my God, like there's got to be a save point coming up soon. What's <laughs> going on? Why can't I save? I've got to get there soon, right? Like it'll just over the crest of the next hill, just past the next enemy. It's got to be there. And then I would die and then I get sent all the way back to the tree. And then I go all the way through it again. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, where's the save point? And I wasted like two to two and a half hours doing that last night before I finally realized that I just have to have the blue energy. And then you can literally save anywhere. Yeah. And that's key. <laughs> and, oh, that, my, that is so key because it's, it's it was so frustrating to like make my way all the way. And then I got to the point where there was one of like the instant death puzzles, which are just kind of exist throughout this game. And that's one thing that um, I will say it's, it's not necessarily like a frustration with Ori, but it's definitely something to be aware of because there are difficulty settings at the very beginning and you can decide what kind of difficulty you want to play through. But that difficulty setting is combat only. There is no like turning down the difficulty of the platforming. And oh my God, Ryan, hmm. some of those instant death places just made my ears melt out or my brain <laughs> melt out my ears. Like oh. I was just so frustrated. <laughs> I, I think for me, the way they make this, the, the way the game's put together is it has the map system, the map, the mapping system of like Super Metroid, where there are these air, very distinct areas. And then they have the dungeons of Zelda where you are actively entering a dungeon, yeah. which opens a new map area. Uh, but then there's this weird thing that reminds me of 
and I'm going to use the wrong term probably, but rogue likes, where you are meant to die until you figure out the path. And it uh, reminds me of like Super Meat Boy. <laughs> exactly. I was just about to say Super Meat Boy. Yeah. And essentially, there are these small puzzle rooms, but you have to be paying attention. And I think that's where you're, where if you were rushing, you wouldn't yeah. <laughs> notice, oh, those swinging things or those lasers. Like the game is very, it, it telegraphs when you're entering a room that will kill you instantly, but only if you're paying attention. So if you miss those key, you know, tells and you don't save, you will be you the game is ruthless there are no checkpoints oh, yeah. unless you hit some very clear we are saving moments uh and it will send you back and and i have lost time as well when i was playing i was like oh right i have to soul link or i'm going to die and go back and the game does kind of lead you to to create those soul links as much as possible because as you're playing you're getting what is essentially xp and you're finding ability cells, which are, are then adding to your numbers. So there's a little circle in the middle of, uh, of your health and sort of uh, energy. And as that fills up, you get ability points. And then you can only spend those ability points by entering the soul link. So when you save. So creating that soul link saves the game. So essentially, as you cr- collect these ability points, you are then having to save to access your power-ups. So there is that mechanic where like, the game is forcing oh, yeah. you to like, save every once in a while. I was going so far without a save that I would have like two whole ability points like waiting to be spent as I was moving through. And I'm like, when am I going to get? I'm like, I can't get new <laughs> abilities. I can't oh, save. No. Like, what the hell's going on? I would have oh, yeah, Googled dude, it like, at that point. Like, I was <laughs> so far. And I was just like, I can't believe this game. Like, I knew it was difficult, but I'm like, I can't believe this game is so punishing that they would do this to me, that they would give me a, like two ability points worth of dungeon that I've made my way through and then insta death room why haven't i had a save point yet yeah no dude i'm it was so bad i was so dumb i couldn't believe it when i finally figured it out it was like total facepalm moment (laughs) you were playing at a whole new level and yeah uh, you know no wonder i beat it i was playing on easy mode by just playing it you were uh you were entering yeah i was going no saves yeah uh yeah the the game and i didn't set out to beat it honestly i think after the show we did some planning last week and it was just like hey you know what we should really you remember yeah we're in the blind forest yeah i remember let's do it and uh and i was just gonna play it but i couldn't stop and every moment i had a chance to play games i was playing ori and and even you know the kids sometimes we do video game time and and i would play for a little bit caden loved it because of the like caden is now into you know bright colors and video games and he likes video games abby is uh she she just wants to play sonic uh we've been we've been playing a lot of a lot of sonic yeah and she's still obsessed with sonic <laughs> she, yeah she likes knuckles especially because she's good at jumping so she jumps and then hits the button again and then she just glides and the the way when they finish levels they're just over the moon when they finish a level and i'm like oh man that's great although we can only go do green green uh green green hill zone once you get into the chemical plant there's just too much shit flying around so yeah. <laughs> it, it just anyways but with ori well and that's uh, kind of yeah. what i feel like with ori is that there's so much stuff going on And I feel like there's a lot of really what I would think would be scary and creepy and like jumpy out things for, you know, a a four and a two year old. There there are moments, but I mean, we were just sort of traversing 
yeah. and uh and and zapping and and stuff but i think it was just the bright colors they were like oh Caden was just mesmerized because there's just stuff yeah. happening and it looks really beautiful and and uh he they didn't play long like abby didn't really she wasn't into it so we we switched it over to i was like all right we'll go play sonic we got um my uh my older brother he had a he lent me his sort of not the Sega Mini, the the Sega Mini Genesis, but like the one that came out before that was kind of a knockoff, but but officially licensed. It's not as it's not as nice as the other minis, but we 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 may do. Um, but like, yeah, I I was really glad I finished it. Um, we haven't really gone into to spoilers, but the game is very much billed as like you're gonna cry, and uh, that's basically all Xbox Game Pass has been tweeting for the last four days as they do a countdown. He's like, two more days until you cry from this video game. Good luck. Um, <laughs> and the in the beginning is very the way they set this up with the intro. It's very sad, and uh, you know, there's and that's the thing is like I, <laughs> I I made the mistake of playing the intro a while back with Caden, and Caden's like, what's that? What's happening? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, he's just napping. Don't worry. <laughs> We're gonna walk away now. Just be quiet. He's napping. I'm like, oh gosh. Okay, maybe yeah. I should have progressed a little further before uh before this this very <laughs> this very depressing thing happened on screen like literally everything's dying around him and it's just like oh gosh okay yeah and then good. he finds and then the game's like an orphan again or he sets off to try to find food or something yeah. and then I'm lucky Ori he can't dies, read and you're just like what <laughs> yeah i didn't read it to him like honestly if he could read he'd be like why are we playing this this is so depressing <laughs> It's uh, so sad. But the platforming's great. I honestly I I actually finished the game and I was having so much fun with it. The definitive edition comes with two new areas which are uh, uh and and two powers that you get. So when you finish the game and you're wondering why you've got two powers missing, there's actually two areas that you can get to that have more powers that you can get. And uh they do make sort of traversing and combat a lot easier. Uh, one of them is uh, an air dash, which makes sort of traversing long, um, uh, long horizontal uh, movements a lot easier. And then there's a, um, they call it a light bomb, and it tar- automatically targets enemies. So when you throw the light bomb, it uses a bit of your energy, but it also just chucks a bomb that does a bunch of health. And honestly, that would help you out a lot, probably as you're going through if the combat and, and the traversals causing some issues, but the fact that you just unlocked the climb ability, which is essentially just hold on for dear life, uh, that comes in very handy along with the next power up you get, uh, which is essentially, uh, I think it's like a feather so you can float and those two combined make it much easier to, to kind of traverse around the environment and, and do a Mm -hmm. lot of damage to enemies that are on the ground because you can just hover above them and be like death from above, you know? (laughs) Uh, and I yell at every time obviously because that's that's my jam but i actually 100 percented it i found all the collectibles i just did everything wow. it's a short it's a short experience in the grand scheme of it because it is only about 10 hours when i got 100 percent. but i just really dug the platforming and the combat and it's and it's a very simple game you know it's not it's not as complex as you know uh, zelda or metroid where you're constantly layering on new powers you're constantly using all your abilities there's only like six or seven of them Mm-hmm. Uh, other ones are just like you know layered on in terms of you can climb now as opposed to having to wall jump all the time so it's it's so much fun uh i'm really excited for the sequel and i i'm, I'm almost at the point where i was like i kind of just want to wait till midnight and play it 
because it, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, I'm. I honestly, I'm excited for it too. I think once we're once we're done recording, I'm gonna go and and try to finish it up before um, Will of the Wisps comes out. But uh, yeah, I think for the most part, I agree with you on the platforming. I found it was actually like this is this is like kind of a, a sticking point where I'm not sure if I like it or don't like it because I found using the D-pad made the platforming a lot easier. But then when I was using the ability where you have to like hold the Y button to kind of like grab on to like projectiles and stuff, then the D-pad made it so hard to aim that that then I was switching back to like the, the stick. And I don't know how I like felt about that because like the the Xbox controller, like the D-pad trying to get the diagonals on it is just not fun. So I think that I'm kind of on the fence about platforming itself just because of that one ability where it made it so like I couldn't just choose to use the d-pad all the time and the using the stick all the time didn't necessarily work with other aspects of the game so I was kind of just like eh, on that but the other part was um when you actually had to change the direction there was one section in the um like the water area I guess where you had to actually like there was like a plant that was like spewing out these like red um like fireballs basically and you had to redirect the fireball and it would go like through these like stumps that had like portals in them and you had to make the fireball go basically like all the way up this room and it was it was like uh probably four or five of these like stumps that it had to travel through to break a door at the top so that you could continue on. And I almost stopped playing the game because mm. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, like I got to like the final stump so many times. And then like I would get all the way up to the top with the final stump. And then I just missed the shot. And then I'd have to start all over again. I go all the way back down and then I get like halfway up and one of the enemies had respawned and then intercepted the fireball. And I was like, Oh my god, the number of times I restarted that room was just ridiculous. So I was like when I was like I hope they don't make me use this more like more. And then from then on throughout the entire game, it's basically like you should be pressing Y, like you should be launching yourself off of enemies and I'm just like but I don't want to. Yeah. It's my least favorite part of the game and you get the ability so early on. It's one of the, but, your first sort of tools for yeah, redirecting projectiles, and there uh, are a lot of there are a lot of platforming moments uh, later on in the game. There's a moment where you're having to get through these gates. It's very late in the game, and and the only reason I'm describing it to you is because you'll probably you'll probably hate it. So maybe don't try to it. rush through. <laughs> so essentially, there's these gates. Well, and that's the other thing too, right? Is when I'm rushing, it's like my frustration Definitely, levels yeah. are so much higher when I like have one of these like precision moments. I'm just like, no, I don't have time for this. Like, I want to just move my way through. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, what happens is there are these enemies, and in order to open the gate, you have to defeat all the enemies. So you have to, and and the walls are obviously all spikes. So you have yeah. to traverse through the entire uh, cavern all the way to the top. You can take out certain enemies as you go, but you want to leave enough so that you can get back down safely because the gate you're unlocking is where you start so you're essentially having to traverse using the it's called the bash abilities so using the bash to redirect mm -hmm. the projectiles to move all the way to the top 
Then you start using the projectiles to kill the enemies. Luckily, they are one-hit kills, so you don't have to necessarily try to juggle multiple hits. Uh, and then you work your way down, defeating all of them, and once they're all defeated, the gate opens and you're able to... And that's a required uh, thing to do to, in mm. order to beat the game. And have you unlocked the feather yet? Because I find that really yes, does help. Yes, yeah. Okay. I did get the feather, yeah. So the feather helps a lot, especially... You get the feather before you get the um, the wall climbing ability. Oh, okay. The feather really, really helped with those moments. And I find that with the unless you're being rushed there are these so there are these mechanics in the game where other you know, there aren't bosses but there are there are there are bosses but they're more chase sequences they're instant death things and you have to kind of memorize the pattern and mm. just get sometimes lucky to to move through and complete the sequence so you can continue playing and i think that those moments are the are the toughest when you're required to use the dash ability to basically stay alive um there... yeah it was like there was one section um that kind of like the water temple mm -hmm. starts to flood basically and you have to traverse your way up using the the bash or whatever to to jump and i didn't mind that as much like shooting myself from like one lantern to another to another to another to you know a projectile or an enemy to another lantern like that that wasn't too bad i didn't mind that but the fact that you like don't go invincible or like um you don't go like you know when you get hit in like Mario or whatever and you kind of like flash a few times mm -hmm. you flash in Ori but you don't get to the point where you can like just move through enemies or no. things blocking your path like you still have your like corporeal form mm -hmm. so you can't kind of like cheat your way past if you've got enough health and just like running through stuff um which yeah totally screwed me more than once because i was like expecting to be invincible and also like incorporeal and it just didn't work like that <laughs> yeah uh, i i there are moments but i can see how like if i wasn't if i wasn't jumping like lamp to lamp if i was jumping enemy to enemy that how that would be difficult <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah the game has its moments that that can be tough and i and i think there is you're either going to get through it or you're not and I think it's good though like I do I like the challenge and I think my biggest frustration was like figuring out the puzzle and I mean if any of you guys watched me play PUBG when I was streaming PUBG like I am terrible at like fine movement <laughs> with the joysticks like I just I've never been very good at it mm -hmm. and so like platform that's actually why I preferred using the d-pad but um yeah it just i'm so bad <laughs> at platformers for that reason because i don't have a lot of like like it's basically like all left or all right like there's no like little bits and mm -hmm. so i get super super like button mashy and stuff when i'm doing platformers to try to like slow my momentum and go the other way but then i go too far the other way and yeah it's a mess so I I do get pretty frustrated in games like Ori because I'm just well the pa like just platformers in general and like Cuphead oh my god I could never no. I don't even want to try Cuphead because that's like this on steroids but I basically like I I just get to the point where I'm like okay I figured it out like the redirecting the projectile um like maze I was like I have now I have figured this out I am just so frustrated because my fingers just won't 
do what I want them to do, but I know exactly the path I have to take and I know what I need to do in this situation. It's just like my fingers won't. And maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> maybe that's the lesson here is I'm no. just <laughs> I'm too old for games like Ori because my fingers just don't respond the way I need them to. But that's my biggest frustration is when like I figured out the puzzle. I know the answer, but there's like some finicky like jumping between me and you know moving on and through the game and like I said at the beginning there is no difficulty setting that will make that any easier like the difficulty is just like how much health do your enemies have um it has nothing to do with like platform distance or anything like that so like there is no way to make that easier you just have to execute it and I can't always <laughs> yeah no there, there are definitely moments and and that's where um using the soul link to to give yourself as many tries as you need to get through it and it's and those moments very much remind me of super meat boy and there were there were key moments of super meat boy where i was like i'm not gonna be able to do this i have to literally stop playing and never come back <laughs> you know and um it's unfortunate. Which I totally did. I have yep. never finished Super Meat Boy because, yeah, at some point, as hilarious as it is. <laughs> but that game's designed to make you do that um, or at yeah. least push you to the edge. Ori in the Blind Forest and hopefully Ori in the Will of the Wisps are two games that they employ that strategy of like, you're going to have to try this a couple times to get it. But it doesn't feel unfair like you have all the tools in your disposal to conquer these enemies and these and these obstacles but it's just a matter of you know hitting the right sequence and making it through that moment yeah. <laughs> to to be able to save it again and and i've definitely experienced my fair share as i was going through the game and a new one looks to be more action oriented um from watching the trailer it looks like there's more combat uh, less of the whole so in this game you're you're essentially the whole game you're mashing the x button to shoot these little flares mm -hmm. and and do do you know middling damage sometimes but other times you are quite powerful depending on the you enemies. don't have to aim much you just no, have you to be aim. close to the enemy and then you just start going pew 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 pew, pew but, and then it dies but you're literally just mashing right yeah and, yeah and and i think in the new one maybe you're mashing i don't know but judging from the trailers there's more combat uh powers at, at your disposal and i really felt like for the most part as i was playing or in the blind forest i was just mashing and sometimes i'd like strategically use the bash ability to redirect redirect because you can redirect all whole enemies and i would use that to redirect enemies into like spikes or off cliffs and that worked really well and that was like an instant death and it felt very satisfying um but for the most part yeah i was mashing x the whole way through <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is probably why uh, i mean if they have changed it that's probably why is like it almost felt at times like you were mashing x in order to like make a sequence more difficult because it's like okay your one button or your one finger is going to be mashing the x button which means it's going to be harder to hit your timings on you know your jumps because you're going to have to go like X, 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 A, and then X, 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 Y, and, and, you know, redirect yourself and then X some more. So I, yeah, it's, uh, I think of all of the parts of the game, the combat part could be changed the easiest, I think, in order to kind of step the game up a little bit. That being said, 
I don't necessarily think the game needed to be stepped up. Like it was really, it, it is really good. And like we said, it's a five-year-old game, except if you sat down and played it today between the graphics and the controls and stuff and the, and the kind of fleshed out story and just everything that this game is, I don't think that you could peg it as a 2015 title. Like it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. so well done. Um, It doesn't even like look or play to me like an indie the only thing that i think might point to that would just straight up be like the length of it the fact that it is you know like a a a five to ten hour game depending on your platforming skill (laughs) like that's the only thing that is kind of a flag that would tell me that this isn't like a 2020 triple a thing you know or at least double a thing yeah, now they did, and this is the thing, they did release a definitive edition, but I, I can't, I don't remember enough about the first one. Like, it was originally, oh gosh, was it an Xbox? Oh, now I'm forgetting. Like, was it a 360 game when it first came out, or was it Xbox One? Now I, I can't remember. 2015 would still be Xbox One. That was, yeah. Yeah. Would it, I guess, yeah, it would have been kind of right on the cusp. Yeah, like, it was... Uh, yeah, I played it on PC when I first got it. So so did I. I, I don't I, remember. <laughs> I think it might have been. Anyways, the, the, besides the point, like the I feel like the definitive edition didn't really you know change much because it was always a beautiful game. It was always one of those mm-hmm. ones like man, they really nailed the visuals. Um, but playing this on a big screen TV, you know, I'm playing it on a 4K TV with the Xbox One X. Like it feels great. It plays great. And uh, it's totally worth playing. So if you have Game Pass and you're excited about Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I think it's worth playing Ori in the Blind Forest. It's a, it's, it's a great experience. And it's also only about a 10-hour experience. So mm-hmm. it's not a, a heavy investment to get ready for the, for the sequel. This isn't like a sequel to a giant RPG where you're like, okay, I need 120 hours for this and then 120 hours for the sequel. It's very quick and worth playing. Uh, but... Yeah, and the story, like, to me, the story felt like it didn't head in the direction that you just assumed it would because that's what video games do. I think they did some interesting things here, um, and that's all I'll say on the story. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're excited about uh, Will of the Wisps again that comes out, like, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you guys are interested, you can get it on Game Pass, or you can do, like, I almost did, even though I have Game Pass. Don't buy it, <laughs> Jocelyn. What do you buy it I mean, on you could Steam. buy it. I'd, if you don't have Game Pass, then you could totally go buy it on Steam. But, uh, yeah, I guys, I almost did it, like, literally as soon as we finished the show last week. I was like, yeah, okay. Ori's on Game Pass. I have to remember that. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Bye. Talk to you later. And then literally logged into Steam to go play some Dead by Daylight. And you know how when you open Steam, there's a little pop-up that's like, hey, this is on sale. This is what's going on. And it popped up and it's like, pre-order Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And I was like, okay. I didn't actually do it, guys. I didn't make it all the way through the payment before I went like, no, wait, it's on Game Pass. What are you doing? But yeah. It's definitely available there too. <laughs> I, I think, like, if you if you have Game Pass, certainly play it there. But by no means am I, I need suggesting to make... people don't buy it. Yeah, definitely buy it if you if that's your preferred method. I think it's like forty Canadian, so probably like yeah, thirty American. Yeah. I'd say. Honestly, I need to make myself a sticky note, and I need to put it on my monitor, and it just needs to say, "Here are all the services you're currently subscribed <laughs> to for games." 
don't forget to check like Epic Store, Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, like all like, there's got to be other stuff um, that I just always completely forget. You, God, I might even still be like paying EA for some don't shit. Do I don't it. even know. Why? There's like no <laughs> I don't EA know. games. Why would you shoot? Why would you do that? I mean, I, I'm totally for people like subscribing and then unsubscribing. When, it's when because they don't need it. no, it's like it's because I do these like annual subscription things. And I totally forget uh, about them. I pay them once and then I'm like, OK, now I've got it for a year. And then a year later, I'm like, crap, I didn't use that thing at all. But my payments already come out for the next year. So I'll have to remember to be be better this year. You, and you I can, never am. You guys, I never am. You can literally cancel the second you subscribe and you still have it for the year. Right. Like that. That is a thing you can do. You paid for that time and canceling your auto renew is totally a thing you can do on pretty much. I'd I guess that's every, true. You should do that. I guess I need to. Yeah, I need to go through and figure out all of my gaming subscription things and what I'm paying for yeah. and why I'm paying for them. Because, I mean, I turned on my Xbox for the first time in. <laughs> I don't even know how long. Like, it's probably been a good year, if not longer, since I've played anything on the Xbox. Like, I can't even remember what the last thing was. Like, last console game I spent a lot of time with was Days Gone. Hmm. Um, and that was PlayStation. Like, so I don't even remember. Oh, and then well, obviously the Nintendo titles. But um, yeah, yeah, like I don't even remember the last time I sat down and played an Xbox title because I've played them on my PC. Like I'm still playing a ton of Sea of Thieves, but I do that on my PC. So <sighs> anyways, go check out Ori, guys. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> and, and unsubscribe after you've subscribed yes. to your subscriptions. It's the best way to do it. They they rely on Jocelyn to keep auto renewal. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's why there's so many great deals coming out for Game Pass. It's like as long yeah, as Jocelyn you're welcome. Forget, uh, yeah, as long fun. as she just keeps doing her subscription, everyone else can have free stuff. Yeah, that's definitely how it works. Uh, but speaking of subscriptions, if you guys do like what we produce, if you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn and uh, yeah. Just be like me and, and totally forget that you've subscribed and walk away and then be like, oh, right. Yeah. Gamers in. That was a thing that I do use and listen to. And I love <laughs> you can fund Jocelyn's Game Pass subscription. Oh, God. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> it so all comes true. out of the, it's all it's all <sighs> reciprocal. It just comes back on the show because Jocelyn remembers she has Game Pass. Exactly. Because she has <laughs> Patreon money because she has Game Pass. Snake yep. eating its own tail. <laughs> there you go uh that brings us to our topic of the week this week we've got a whole bunch of news mm. for you this week it's been a pretty busy week in gaming um first of all we've got a last of us series which is in the works from hbo from the guys that made chernobyl which <laughs> i don't know if you've watched but oh yes man that was a good series like it was what five or six episodes it was incredible television i am so on board for this and i haven't even played last of us <laughs> i i think where where people were so a couple things on this note first of all uh i'm glad this guy did chernobyl because if you look at his resume from before that um he's credited with the right he's he's the writer behind scary movie three and four <laughs> which if if you're a fan of the scary that movie movies like, but th fine. I mean, that doesn't really fit the tone of Last of Us. <laughs> I know. And I think, if, again, if it weren't for Chernobyl, you removed Chernobyl from this guy's... You, and he is he is Chernobyl. He did... he, he Obviously, he didn't cause the, <laughs> the problem that was the Russians. But, I mean, if you look <laughs> at Chernobyl, he was the writer, the creator, the executive producer. He did a lot of heavy lifting on that series. Whereas if you compare, you know, you look at his writing, uh, he's also Hangover Part 2 and Part 3, which, again... 
you know, not, not the best not of the, the hangovers. <laughs> uh, the first one was, in my mind, okay, I guess, good. Um, but but again, Chernobyl exists. So I personally, when people have that argument, it's like, well, he's done all this other garbage. It's like, but no, Chernobyl was fantastic. And I I don't believe in, uh, I guess I would call you would call it dumb luck. Chernobyl was such a, a great show and, and well-developed. And it's not just this Craig guy. There's a whole team at HBO that is probably, and PlayStation Productions, that mm-hmm. are going to be working on this. So that you can't, I don't really believe that this Craig guy got lucky with Chernobyl because that was a stellar show and probably required so much work to to make make it the success it has been. Um, it, it, like fantastic, fantastic series. And if you look at The Last of Us, it's a great next project for this guy i i think well i mean just from uh, even the aesthetic of Mm -hmm. last of us kind of reminds me of chernobyl like once the kind of vegetation started growing back over the site of chernobyl like i just when i see that and then think of last of us then again i like i haven't played last of us but like the aesthetic that i have in my head for last of us is very similar to like overgrown years later chernobyl (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and the last of us this is the other thing people were worried was are they going to retell the game or are they going to do a story within the universe and they have confirmed they are retail they're telling the story of the last of us which was the first game and possibly looking at bridging the gap into the last of us part two they have confirmed that ellie and joel this will be their story uh, we have no casting news, but we do know that Neil uh, Neil Druckmann, uh, the guy who uh, created co-created The Last of Us and has and is serving as the game director of Last of Us Part Two right now, is is heavily involved. Uh, PlayStation Productions, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, is also heavily involved. This is their first television series. This is uh this is big news for fans. I would love to see The Last of Us on TV. I think a lot of people looked at this and poo pooed it, but I'm like, no. That game, the best part about that game was the story, and you can do some really cool stuff with that story in a TV format. And the only thing I would say is like they they'll have to they'll be able to do some really cool tense moments in TV, but they'll have to look at the video game had a lot of video game type stuff like here's a bunch of faceless dudes for you to kill. They're all bad. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, I think the TV show will have to look at that and be like Maybe there's not as many faceless bad guys that we have to kill, because um, there was a lot of them in in the video game where it's like, okay, this is a this is a human camp. You can kill everybody. Don't worry, they're really bad people, um, and you you killed them brutally. But I think the TV show could maybe trim that back a bit and look at the monsters a little bit more and how tense those moments were. Like, there's a lot they can do here, um, and it has to be an adaptation. It can't straight up be like this is the video game. Right. So, yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, me too, honestly, because they've kind of confirmed that um, we're going down the road of the first game. I'm like, sweet, I don't have to play it now. I'll just watch this and then go play part two or Last of Us 2 or whatever it's called. And that'll be fine. I'll be all caught up and then ready to play the game. So I'm I don't know. I'm super stoked for this. And I can't help but think that this comes out of or like on the heels of the success of the witcher and i kind of wonder because they haven't started filming yet right Mm -hmm. 
so I feel like this kind of got greenlit because they saw The Witcher and The Witcher did so well yeah. that they were just like, oh, hey, we can do really good live action TV based off of a video game. Like these universes are a lot more fleshed out. And I mean, God, we even saw the Sonic movie, apparently. <laughs> I, I still caveat, caveat, I haven't seen it yet, but. You know, they even managed to make a good movie, they air they quotes, it. apparently. They did it, okay? You could take <laughs> out my of, word Out it. of Sonic, which, I mean, when you compare, like, the universe and world and material out there for Sonic to something like The Witcher, and I think The Last of Us, doesn't The Last of Us have books, too? Uh, I don't I thought they had, like, so. books or a comic or, like, I thought there was something other than just the games. I could be totally making that up, but... Um, my point about The Witcher was, you know, like when you look at what they were able to do with Sonic and then compare that to a universe that is as fleshed out as a lot of these like larger AAA titles are becoming now, like games are becoming so story forward, which I think is a great thing that these universes are so fleshed out that they actually do really lend themselves to these other more traditional mediums like movies and television hmm. in a way that they didn't necessarily before or like creators are taking them seriously now and i think you know like that's all thanks to things like harry potter and lord of the rings being such mainstream successes that now you can kind of take the concepts that are in video games and a mainstream audience isn't going to be and even you know comic book movies for that matter too yeah. like well, people aren't rejecting the ideas that are presented in video games i think mm -hmm. quite as much as they were you know 20 25 30 years ago it's it's not just and it's not just about the public perception and the you know the audience it's like you said it's about the creators so without kevin feige who's a big marvel fan at the head of marvel studios you would not have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That doesn't exist with people in suits who said, my kids love comics, let's make a million dollar movie. Because yeah. that's what they were, you know, back when we were kids in the 90s. You know, um, even Batman, the original Batman from Tim Burton, it still kind of had that feel of like, they're trying to go for the Batman stuff. But, you know, the Batman and Superman movies, like there were a lot of bad ones. They made Batman yeah. and Robin. We're not going to forget nipples, right? The nipples were there. <laughs> and you can't even, I don't even think we have the technology to remove those nipples, even in post. Um, but when you look at Sonic, you look at, um, you know, The Witcher, those are people that are passionate about those worlds. And they are at an age now where they, and, and an experience level where they can make those creative decisions and go to HBO and go to Netflix and say, no, we want to make a, uh, we want to make a, a, a movie uh, or a series. Look at the Castlevania anime that just launched its third season and got like a perfect 10 from IGN. Like what is happening? Like Castlevania <laughs> hasn't even been a franchise that's been relevant in the last five to ten years and it's doing gangbusters on netflix we watched that it was mm. really good it was really good yeah what so you I watched the like third it, it season was... it was good well no 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 i, I think we watched the, the oh one. we watched yeah, the first watched, season yeah. yeah i remember that and i think we both binged it and we were like we don't have any games to talk about let's let's just uh let's just love on this uh, castlevania series and and it was a big surprise i i haven't watched the second or third season but I hear we watched things. the second season, um, but I haven't watched the third one yet. Yeah, I, I need to catch up on it. But um, I kind of just look at this and like you compare it to 
the video game movies of the 90s like Mortal Kombat and Tomb Raider. That's very clearly an executive saying we need an IP that is popular with a certain you know demographic demographic yeah Yeah. and we're just gonna make the movie we're gonna print it out and it's gonna be cost x dollars but we're gonna make y dollars back it's gonna be fine and they just weren't critically you know acclaimed and then you look at again sonic you look at sonic you look at the witcher and i know the witcher is based on the books but the video game put the books on the well but it's yeah it's the it's the video game universe right or like i know that well, it's the book the books, universe, but the video game. Yeah, games... the books came first, and then the video game, and then the video game made everything more popular. popular. Yeah, it brought it to you know the rest of the world, and I I think yeah. people understand that. But but when we look at Sonic, it's like those are people who are passionate about this this game has been this franchise has been around for thirty years, and I don't I don't think gamers and just general audience audiences are going to allow for just straight up cash-ins, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I didn't watch the new Tomb Raider movie, um, but it's getting a sequel. And I, and I think it was, it wasn't well-reviewed or maybe well, I think that might have been Wait, like the Wait, you haven't one. seen the, the latest Tomb Raider no. movie? No, I haven't. No, I meant to. I wanted to. Was it good? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was half decent. Okay. I liked it. Yeah. Because I, I like that new take on on tomb raider i i like the so the soul you know the soul survivor type feel and she's like she's gotta you know survive i guess but um i never got a chance to see it honestly movies movies are hard to come by if i can't bring the kids to it it's it's tough not yeah, that i'm gonna watch the last of us with a... the kids but yeah um, <laughs> i i'm really excited that companies are taking this seriously you know we're gonna be day one for the the mario movie that's coming out from illumination and and dreamworks like all over that the last of us uncharted there was an update uncharted Uncharted. yeah you know antonio banderas has been cast you've got mark Wahlberg. you've got tom holland i think you can have some fun with these worlds and and just be true to the source material that's the key respect Mm -hmm. the source material and build a product that you as a fan would would love to see like don't don't just carbon copy it and put it out and try to make a you know your budget back like that's not that's not how these things work don't hobbit it i guess is also a good way to do it don't do the hobbit because i didn't mind the hobbit that's a whole whole nother like i only saw the first one and i was like "Eh." i didn't mind it i i thought it was fine i mean it it was definitely stretched out in some spots but they also pulled from a lot of it wasn't just from like the children's book it was basically like they were like this is our last chance to do like a lord of the rings ish movie universe thing so they pulled from like all the available tolkien material so it wasn't just the hobbit book they're doing a lord of the rings amazon series like that i don't know like they can keep rebooting this thing (laughs) <laughs> i know it's yeah, a different okay studio and uh, okay yeah we're totally going off a tangent it's not, although there have been a lot of lord of, Ring, oh, lord of the rings video games so i guess it's technically still video no, it game all content kind of it all counts okay good <laughs> this is this um, goes in the runtime we're fine it's all yeah. good i'm not editing this out <laughs> gold also it takes oh, time to beautiful do that. yeah that's true ain't nobody got time for that but apparently reggie Mm. has a lot of time on his hands. Retirement do you guys remember do Reggie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was the 
face. He was the guy mm. for Nintendo in North America. I mean, I don't know about you, Ryan, but whenever he would come out on stage, and I mean, I was pretty jazzed about Nintendo stuff anyways, but whenever he would come out on stage, there was something about like his smile that was like infectious. Like I couldn't watch one of his presentations, even when they were super cringy or whatever. Like I just, I couldn't help but smile. It's like any other company, I was super judgy of like, their E3 stuff or whatever, but Reggie would come out on stage and I'd just be like, okay, hmm. you got me. All right, I'm smiling. Let's go. What have you got for me today, Reg? Let's do this. <laughs> and so I was really sad when he retired from Nintendo and that, it feels like it wasn't that long ago. No, it was, uh, I think it was earlier this year in the spring because I think it was before E3. We didn't yeah. even get another E3 with Reggie and it was like, Really so it's, I guess it's been it's been almost a year now then, right? Yeah, I'd say like right around there for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the news this week is that he's actually taken a job now on the GameStop board of directors. And the reason that we're talking about this as much as we love Reggie hmm. is not so much about the story of him being appointed to the board of the directors as much as as it is his comments when he made the announcement and essentially what he said is that the video game industry needs GameStop. And that's kind of where I went, does it though? <laughs> like, are you sure Reggie? I mean, I know you just got appointed to this board of directors, so you want to sell this idea, but does it, do we really? Cause I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think like where he's coming from is that there is a certain audience that requires uh, a GameStop because I feel like, like maybe may, actually my argument was going to be like parent, some parents need GameStop. So they have people who know what they're talking about to guide them. But then I remember sometimes going into my EB games and I knew what I was talking about. And the people behind the desk did not know. What and that's not their fault because they're working retail. And sometimes when you work retail, you don't pick the store. You, just, you have, yeah, you have no connection to what yeah, it is that you're, you're just, selling. It's a job. Yeah. Like it's, it, you're, you're there to, which is fine. Um, but then you've gone, I've gone to Walmart and their electronics section. And they know everything that they're talking about. So it really depends on the location, I think. And, and it has nothing to do with GameStop um, because they're not often training. I find locally, they're not training their staff, like all their staff. It's not only about customer service, it's about knowledge. And sometimes they don't have that knowledge. Like I remember going in and like, I knew there was something that was coming out or that I wanted or, I, or whatever. And I go in and I was like, no, I don't know anything. What you're we talking about. It's like, man, it's right on your website. Like, why do I, yeah. why do I have to bring up your website to buy something from, I'm going on to just buy it on Amazon because at least when I <laughs> click, I know it's going to arrive in a timely manner. And you and I were talking like, we don't even go to, EB Games is the equivalent in Canada here, but um, it's yeah, the same I'm pretty parent sure company. isn't EB. Yeah, I was gonna say EB Games is owned by GameStop, right? Yeah, we yeah, we just didn't rebrand. Um, yeah, they. I think they had Electronic Boutique there, but they they moved them all over to the GameStop branding, and we kept just EB Games. We don't have GameStops here, right? Um, but yeah, like I personally, every time I go in there, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to look around. It's like I have everything I need. You don't have anything that I would buy on a whim. It's mostly like toys and just junk. And 
there's also used games. Um, and I find well, and, the, and used games is kind of the place where I feel like um, EB Games slash GameStop was thriving kind of very much like in the late days of Blockbuster. Like the mm-hmm. only reason I would go into a Blockbuster was like to find used DVDs that were like, you know, when when they would first come out, they would buy, you know, a whole shelf full of copies. So they might have like 30 copies of a of whatever the new release was for that Friday. And then over time, as they put them back into the like regular shelves in their genre section, they'd have to get rid of all those extra copies. So you used to be able to get like DVDs from, from Blockbuster for, you know, like five bucks, like they were dirt cheap. And that's kind of the, the role that I see used games filling at GameStop, except now we're getting to the point we were talking earlier about Ori and how it's a great five-year-old game. I don't have to buy that used because I have it on a subscription service. Mm -hmm. Subscription services are so much more prevalent now. Not only that, but just like digital goods in general are so much more popular now. And there is something to be said for, I know some people like to actually own the hardware, like the, um, like the disc. They don't want to download a copy of something because they want to actually have the things because they feel like they'll always be able to play it. But with so many things requiring online services and stuff now, and we've had this conversation in general about just game ownership and how much it's changed. I feel like GameStop is kind of like losing their effectiveness in that market because they're being undercut by like sales all the time. You can get stuff through subscriptions. Like people are kind of, I think letting go a little bit of the idea of like ownership over games. And it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, I own it as long as, it's still available, you know? Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> and yeah. I think a lot of people are thinking like that now. And so mm-hmm. you don't need GameStop as much. Well, I mean, these days, even if you own the disc, doesn't mean you're going to be able to play the game. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's down. kind of what I was getting it, to. Yeah, is yeah. It like you can own the disc of something and that doesn't even mean you're always going to be able to access it. And so I think mm-hmm. because of that, people have let go a little bit of the idea of if I buy something, I'm always going to be able to play it. And I think it's a combination of that like owning the disc doesn't mean that you're even then going to be able to play it for all of time because of these online ties to services but also just um the idea of technology changing so quickly that unless like i feel like it was kind of different when you had you know like nintendo and super nintendo right like there's only one generation older i'm gonna have these consoles forever but now i feel like between like just personal computers like and the parts inside of them like how quickly they can get out of date consoles themselves like the console cycle feels like it's getting kind of faster and faster and faster and we've got all of these we've got like the the halfway between stuff now we've got the xbox s and x on top of you know our actual console generation of the xbox one like there's just so much that cycles through and becomes obsolete that i think the idea of forever ownership has has left the vast majority of consumers so they've kind of like let that go so if you don't need like a physical copy of a game then you don't really need gamestop anymore and i just i feel like we're getting to the point now with video games that we got to with you know, the the blockbusters of the world, like GameStop and Blockbuster are very synonymous to me now. And I mm-hmm. feel like 
it's just GameStop is, you know, 20 years behind Blockbuster, but they're going the same path. Like, there's no reason for them to exist anymore. Yeah, I wonder. And and here's the thing, like, I've, I, I've talked about it on the show. I've used EB Games to trade in old consoles and upgrade to the half step. Uh, but that market alone doesn't keep EB Games alive. And I think yeah. that's where when you look at them adding to their board of directors to bolster their you know knowledge base and their expertise and their their guiding power uh they might be able to craft an eb games or a gamestop that that is profitable and not just from a wall of funko pop or a bunch of used games because i i just maybe there's something there that we're not thinking of like maybe there's the you know they talked about like the live scene the barcade that sort of stuff um but as, as, as we've talked about on this show, like that sort of thing won't exist in the smaller areas. Like we're taught that's yeah. like the Toronto's, the Montreal's, the Vancouver's of Canada and not the Peterborough's or the London. The London's. Yeah. You know, uh, we're not going <laughs> to well, get maybe that. London. I feel like London maybe. is kind of on the fence. Like maybe, maybe we could talk them into London, but you're right. It does feel like a major city kind of thing, like not something that you would be doing to try to cater to, you know, like towns of a hundred thousand or less. Like it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it would probably fit. So I'm, I, yeah, I think in terms of like what GameStop is currently doing, it's cause there are like, there are EB games all over the place still. Mm-hmm. And I very much feel like they could probably just consolidate a lot of that into just a website. Be like, Hey, we've got, here's all the games that we have. Here's the used price you can get it for and whatever. And just be like an online used game vendor. Like yeah. then they wouldn't have all the overhead of all of these brick and mortar stores. Because again, like I even like walking by EB games now, like there's like never anybody. I go to the mall like all the time now just cause it's like right around the corner from my work. So I like go to the food court for lunch and like there's like never anybody in EB like the mall can be super busy because I don't know. Uh, obviously, you guys are probably not super up on your Ontario politics, but <laughs> there's been a lot of teacher strikes, which equals a lot of kids out of school, which equals a lot of kids in the mall. And EB Games is still not busy. I'm just yeah. like, man, they're just there's it just seems like the use case for for GameStop and EB Games in general is just so small now because of all of the like digital only options that we that we have now yeah well i don't want to sound old but in that specific example all i'll say is the Fortnite. right like you don't you you don't download Fortnite from eb games you you sometimes go in there was like a sometimes there are like physical like cards or something you need to get at a store and it's exclusive to eb games um so there's stuff like that you know more partnerships with the with you know video game companies and the publishers to try to bring people into the store to maybe upsell them and buy some other stuff. But, but the, the other core thing is, you know, GameStop in the States, the parent company is failing. However, when you look at what recently happened with Toys R Us, where it bombed and completely tanked in, in the States, but they, they didn't shut any of the Canadian stores down because Toys R Us in Canada was profitable. So they kept it going. I think they sold it to another company to continue, you know, managing it. So you could look at EB Games as continuing to exist in Canada because there's been less of a sort of a crash in the physical market. 
However, I've seen here locally in Peterborough, we used to have three EB games, and we're now down to two. So they're already looking at these options of consolidating the stores. Wildly enough, they, they closed the one in the I can't North believe End. that you ever used to have three in Peterborough. That's wild. We, we have three, but now we have two, one in the mall and one literally down the street. They closed the one in the North End, which was wild because it's like, well, why would you have two EB games in essentially the same part of town? And Peterborough is a very wide city in the sense that from getting from one end to the other like we're not talking toronto here but to get to one end to the other it is a pain in the butt sometimes um again we're not talking toronto or even oshawa here but it's still it's a distance so i don't know why they closed the one in the north end maybe it just wasn't working out um but yeah it's uh there are two the mall one's usually pretty busy like there's always a couple people in there but no one's buying anything like they're like me they go in to look I was like, well, I'm at the mall. I might as well look at EB Games. And I always go in and then I walk out. I'm like, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> yeah, why you know? did I go in there again? What was I just, the point I of just wanted exercise? to look at the toys and maybe, I guess, look at the used games. But for me, from a used game perspective, if there's a game I'm really interested in, I'm buying it at launch or I'm buying it, or if I'm waiting, I'm not buying it used. I'm going to buy it digitally because d- games go on sale all the time. Um, sometimes that is a heavy true. discount. So. And I mean, it's even possible that you could find a copy of probably one of the greatest games of all time. Mm. And it turns out now you're even going to be able to get that on PC. And of course, you guys, you know me, you know what I'm talking about. Horizon Zero Dawn. If you haven't heard this news, it's a PlayStation 4 exclusive, but it is coming to PC this summer. And guys, I couldn't be more stoked, honestly. It is... It's such a good game and I can't wait to see. It's like, I'm excited for two different reasons. I'm excited to see what it's going to look like Mm. on, because this game is obviously, it's a a 2017 title, came out at the beginning of 2017 in February. And so we're we're a solid three years. And by the time it actually releases in the summer, it'll be, you know, closer to three and a half years from the release on, like I played it on the OG PlayStation 4. So not even the plus, like I, the, the very first console of this generation is what I played it on to see it playing on like an up-to-date gaming PC. Oh my God, Ryan, it's going to look so good. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm most interested to see that as well as like, okay, what, what does Horizon Zero Dawn look like when it's, when it's untethered to, to, to a specific set of hardware and I'm also excited to see PlayStation experimenting with PC releases in the sense that maybe there's a way, especially with a new IP, like I think you look at Death Stranding, which is another PlayStation um, published game, uh, PlayStation funded game, but developed by an in- in- essentially an independent studio. Um, that game getting a PC release is it's that scenario is interesting because it's essentially a new IP that they're going to bring to a whole new audience. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, also a new IP, but released three years ago and did very well for itself um, on release on the PlayStation. But again, still bringing it to a new audience that may not have... I I saw on Twitter, I saw a few people exclaim like, oh, I'll finally be able to play this. And that's exciting. Right, and that is the second piece. That's the other piece that I'm super excited about too, is being able to now share this game that I loved so much 
being able to share that with a whole new group of people that may not actually own a PlayStation that are, you know, PC gamers. I can't wait for them to get their hands on this because I mean, what was so great about Horizon Zero Dawn wasn't just the world, wasn't just the combat. It was the story. And I just it kept it kept me guessing the whole time to the point that like I kept getting to moments in the story where I was like, OK, so this is the end and then that's cool. But then you know, you go around the corner and it opens up this whole new area and there's a whole nother story. And at first you think the story is about one thing, but then it kind of evolves and it's about something bigger. And then it evolves again and it's about an even wider world and, and an older timeline. And it just kind of keeps growing and expanding in a really organic way. And it's one of my favorite stories that has been told in gaming in recent memory. So I'm really excited for more people to be able to play this. And this is why I don't understand people getting upset about this because there's a lot of people who are really upset about a PlayStation, a PlayStation exclusive going to PC. But like I said, we're talking three and a half years down the road where I feel like that is more than enough time to be an exclusive. Like, I mean, at this point, I'm just stoked that they're going to bring it to a new audience because that means they're going to be able to you know, revitalize the excitement in the franchise. They're going to they're going to get some more money, which is going to help fund a sequel, which I keep crossing my fingers. We'll get announced soon. Like it's got to be coming on the PlayStation 5, right? Like it's going to be a launch title, Ryan, right? Right, right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not launch. launch title. Launch window. I, I they always they always window. talk about the window. <laughs> if not window, definitely second year of the console. I was going to say, yeah, definitely. If not just the window, then maybe the house within the launch house. (laughs) The launch block. How's that sound? Yeah. (laughs) The launch year. No, the launch, because it's launching this year. So the, yeah, I guess the first year of launch, maybe like maybe we're looking at like holiday 2021. I don't know. I can dream. They've been at least working on it for three years. So I think, yeah, I think we're getting there. And I mean, the the guy who was the head of Gorilla, but it's not confirmed yet, right? It it hasn't been confirmed, but they are hiring in a in a, in a right way that in a would... in a way that sounds quite a lot like a Horizon sequel. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't miss some crazy announcement. No, okay, no, there's no <laughs> announcement. But the the head of Gorilla, well, was the head of Gorilla, is now the head of PlayStation Worldwide Studios. So yes. I would I could see that basically being yeah we're making a sequel this this for a new ip to do that well uh i i think it would be it'd be wild for them not to 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 take another run and it did end in a in a in a hey there's a sequel you know like it was it yeah there was there definitely was a cliffhanger ish ending um so i could see it going down the sequel route i mean i could see it going down the prequel route there's just there's so much that they could do in that universe because it was like i said so well fleshed out so i'm just stoked to see what they do with horizon zero dawn with the ip i mean even just the dlc that they did was really really interesting that kind of um dove a little deeper into one of the tribes that you didn't really see too much of in the main game they were kind of um very like mysterious and like secretive and you just came across them every once in a while and even then it wasn't really the people of the tribe it was more like the artwork and the stuff that they left behind so it just it was just it's so well done it's such an interesting universe and uh yeah so the the full edition i can't remember if it's called the definitive edition or if that's just what's in my head because we've been talking about ori today but i think it's the complete edition the complete edition okay so basically it's gonna have the dlc 
as well as the main game. Uh, and that's coming to PC this summer. So, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to pick it up again just to kind of support the idea and support the franchise. And uh, yeah, like I say, I think this is a great idea. I don't see any problems like this far away from launch of taking stuff that is exclusive and and putting it out on PC later on. I think that's totally fine. So, I mean, yeah. And that's actually one thing that we should mention that was clarified in there's a there's like a whole interview with um, the new head of PlayStation Worldwide Studios. And there's like this whole big long interview. And he very clearly clarifies like this doesn't mean that we're moving towards, you know, making other titles uh, that are exclusive to PlayStation, putting them on PC like that's not the plan. We're not planning on doing like day and date releases where something will come out on PlayStation and also be available on PC. That's not the plan. This is very much like we're doing it for Horizon and end of story. So I don't know. I'm excited about this because I have seen there have been quite a few people that have tweeted me that have said like either I'm so stoked to play it like for the second, third, fourth, whatever time or people who are, you know, PC only gamers who have never owned a console that are just like, yes, everyone talks about this game and I can't wait to experience it. So I hope if some of you are out there listening to the sound of my voice and your streamers, if you've never played Horizon before, please stream it and tweet at me so I can watch because I want to see people's reactions when they you know, like the first time they see stuff because I can never get that back again, Ryan. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, and there's some parts that I just, I want that feeling back again. <laughs> Man, some, I love this game. There's some really cool Like, I think it might be my favorite game. That's, that's good. It's a great game. Like, I I really think, like, it's it's definitely up there. I haven't spoken as highly about any other game that I can, you know, remember. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was like, it's the first thing that I ever took the time to actually like 100% the game <laughs> on PlayStation. Like, yeah. I think it was a game that you played and we talked about for like a month and I yeah. hadn't played it. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm going to play it. And that it was in the summer. And I was like, oh my God, it is amazing. And yes, uh, and yeah. you kept saying like, oh, why didn't you tell me to play it? I'm like, I did. You did. I it told everyone to. <laughs> At least once a week. <laughs> And yeah. uh, and then every time I said I hadn't played it, it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, drop everything. Go play this stupid game. Because that was the thing. I feel like a lot of people missed out on this game because either um, they were playing because um, Zelda, the new Zelda game came out like at the same time. Oh, and I think right. a lot of people got kind of sucked up into Zelda and then weren't necessarily paying attention to Horizon. Plus, it was a PlayStation exclusive. So if you didn't own a PlayStation, then it wasn't even on your radar. So again, like broadening the audience, like I just I can't wait for people to play this game. So if you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, you're going to get the chance to play it on PC in the summer. I'm so excited. Tweet at me and tell me how excited you are and tell me what your stream is going to be so I can come and chill because I just want to see everybody react and be happy and enjoy this amazing experience of a game. Mm, I love it so much. I agree. I'm so happy. Cannot wait. Great news. It's it's super awesome news and uh it's it's just a I, I would like to see the window kind of shrink a little bit like three years is a long time to wait for it to arrive on another platform um but hopefully with the ps5 we'll we'll be getting a couple of games coming to pc i'd say within a year i think that's a that's a solid amount of time to to give the the, the console the window it needs to sort of breathe in that first party title but 
yeah, this is exciting for, for all gamers, really. This is really good. Agreed. Um, I think that's actually pretty much going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to continue the conversation, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can tell me over there how much you don't have to tweet at me. You can talk to me in Discord and tell me how much you love Horizon Zero Dawn. I will talk about Horizon Zero Dawn on any platform, including emails. You can email the show at info at gamersandpodcast.com or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn and Joss Plays. Ryan is our, at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>